Welcome to the Manager Track, the leadership podcast where we help ambitious managers across the ranks become confident and competent leaders people love to work for. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw. In this episode, we're going to talk about delegating at work, specifically if you're leading a team and you have work to delegate to them. And you might feel a bit like, "Mm, I don't want to burden the people on my team. They're already stressed out or working a lot or working remote and dealing with family. And so I don't want to burden them. I'm just do it myself so that I'm not bothering anyone. Or you might feel that you can't trust other people that are actually going to follow through on the tasks and responsibilities that you delegate in a way that meets your expectations. Or you worry that they're not reliable and they will actually not deliver on time and it's too much at stake for you to risk it. Those are all common considerations and worries and concerns when it comes to delegation. And all those thoughts run into the, in the heads of my clients and we'll work through them. Because really and honestly, the only way that you will elevate in your role and in your career is by freeing up space in your calendar to work on higher level projects, high visibility initiatives that you're running strategically. And for most people, this is only possible if they delegate the tasks that someone on the team could do equally well when trained and trusted. And so when you start to delegate and take more out of your plate, you're elevating your team because they're now growing and their knowledge increases and their skill level increases. And with that, you're elevating yourself to a higher level. So if you feel that you have those worries running your head of not wanting to burden others or not trusting that they will deliver it in the quality that you're expecting it or not trusting that they're actually following through, which by the way, maybe out of good reasons, maybe you've tried and it didn't work out. So now you learned the lesson and you know it's just a safer bet to do it yourself. I totally get it. But to stop delegating is holding you back in your career. And that's not what I want for you. I want to help you go further, faster. And do not delegate effectively will for sure hold you back. So let's dive in in this episode on how to delegate, to whom to delegate, what to consider when you delegate, and then what to do to hold people accountable once you have delegated the tasks. And now here's the thing. I don't want you to just listen to this podcast and then move on to something else without doing anything. I really want you to take this in, reflect on it, and then act based on what's working for you right now and what you need to do to level up when it comes to delegation. And because of that, I want you to do an exercise with me. If you, by the way, want to have a template for this, then simply write an email to Ramona at RamonaShaw.com. Super simple. Ramona at RamonaShaw.com. Subject line, template, delegation. And you don't need to write anything else. And I know that you want the template and I'll send that over to you right away. So when it comes to delegating more effectively, you want to start off by looking at what you actually need to delegate. So I really want you to open up your calendar from the last couple of weeks, open up your to-do list from the past couple of weeks and your goals that you have set right now or to-dos or the the job description that you have (laughs) lists all the different things that you're doing. And then with scrutiny, look at all the things that you're doing and identify 
the meetings, the tasks, the initiatives that are in your responsibility. And then ask yourself, do I really have to be the one taking care of this? If not, then could it actually be eliminated? Do we still need to do this? Or have maybe we have pivoted as a team over the recent month or the, the strategy has changed so that we should really consider, should we keep doing this or should we just stop doing it? But assuming that this is something that you need to keep doing, then the second question you want to ask is, should I automate it? Is there a way to write a protocol or put an automation in place that I don't have to do this manually? But assuming that you also can't automate it, then the third question that you want to ask yourself is, to whom can I delegate this to? And when the answer is clear, then write down the name of the person who'd be most suited to take on this task of responsibility. And as you're identifying the right person, consider these three things. Number one, does this person have capacity? And I don't mean, oh, are they going to be stretched a little bit? I really mean, maybe I put them on a big project just last week and I know that they're still feeling a little bit overwhelmed and they're chuckling with all this new stuff and getting up to speed. So then it might not be the right time to delegate something else on top of that. But if someone is just doing their job and they say like, no, I'm at capacity, Mm, you know, take a moment to reevaluate and ask them first before you yourself say, oh no, they're too busy. In their perception, they may be more than happy to take on the project or the thing that you want to delegate. So imagine your boss comes to you and asks, hey, Jane, can you help me with writing this report? And I've done this in the past, but I feel that you'd be the right person to take this on now. Would you feel flattered? Or would you feel resentful. There's a high likelihood that you would feel flattered. You would feel trusted and it's an opportunity for you to grow. So the people that you're asking for help, they'll feel the same way. They feel flattered. They feel like it's a new assignment. It's fresh. It's exciting and it may stretch them a little bit and it's an opportunity for them to learn and grow. Okay, so that's around capacity. And when in doubt, please don't make assumptions. Ask them if they're willing and if they feel they do have the capacity. They can always say no, but at least ask before making any decision on your own. Number two is diversity. Can you bring someone on a project or do a task where you feel like, you know what? A fresh set of eyes would be really helpful here. We've done it this way for years and I don't know if this is still the right way to do it, but I might be biased. So let me put in someone new who has a different perspective than I do. And then the third point is capability. Is this person ready in terms of their strength, experience, and knowledge to take on the task or the responsibility? And is it maybe even a little bit of a stretch, which is okay, right? It would help them grow and learn if it's a little bit of a stretch. But these are the three things to consider. Capacity, diversity, and capability. So as you're writing down the things that you want to delegate, write down the name of the person that you think would be most suited to delegate to. And then right next to that name, you want to ask yourself, what needs to happen so that I'm willing to delegate? Your answer may be nothing. I'm ready to go. Let's do this tomorrow. Your answer may be, "Mm, 
that person needs a little bit of training or coaching. I don't think they quite understand the context. I don't quite think they understand what we have to do here. Or they may not be familiar with the system or with this code or with this process. So then you know, okay, I just have to put a little bit of upfront investment into it and giving them a training. Or it may be that you're not trusting that they'll be reliable. And so then we need to have a conversation around accountability and what needs to be set in place so that you can relax and feel okay when someone else is running it without needing to micromanage or needing to be watching over someone's shoulders as they're doing it because that is not effective delegation. You may have delegated it, but then you can't let go of it. And as we know, micromanagement drives people crazy. So let's not do that. But when you recognize that you actually have this fear that they're not quite ready yet or they're not going to deliver the quality that you're expecting or they may just not be reliable, then think about what you need to do in order to get them there. And don't you worry, we're going to talk about accountability in just a few moments. But before we do, let's talk about how to actually delegate. So there are a few key ingredients, if you want to call it, that you want to make sure that you have in place when you're having a conversation with someone and you're delegating work to them. Number one is keep in mind that when someone understands the why, they'll understand the what. So always give context. Why are we doing this? How is this relevant to the company or how is this relevant to the team or how does this interrelate with our goals? And then you talk about what you're actually expecting them to do. What's the actual thing that you're delegating? But wait a second, it doesn't end there. The third thing that you need to cover in this conversation is the how. And this is where a lot of delegation mistakes happen. People may spend a sentence or two on the why, and then they spend 10 minutes on the what. And then they say, any other questions? And the other person says, no, and off they go. And from then on, it feels like, whoa, I just lost control. And it either fuels then the, the need to micromanage, or it's creating an environment where the other person is not set up for success. And they may not check in with you often enough. They may not meet your expectations in terms of quality and the process. So in that conversation around how, we want to have an open dialogue and how they're going to go about it. So asking them questions, okay, based on what you know, what are you planning what, what do you think your next steps should be? That, by the way, is just a part of coaching them through the process, making sure that they understood what you said, that they're set up for success. So asking them, based on this, what do you think needs to happen first? What risks do you anticipate? Or how often do you want to check in with me? What kind of help do you think you'll need from me? When do you want to deliver that first milestone or that first draft? And if they say, I don't know yet, I have to figure this out, then great. When should we check in to discuss the plan on how to go about this? When should we have our next check-in and then schedule that right at that time? So you want to talk about the big why, you want to talk about what it actually is, and then you want to talk about the how. And the majority of the time that you're delegating to someone, you're having this conversation, should actually be on the how. So being really explicit Ideally, you can ask questions, make it as an open dialogue, but then be really explicit about 
then when to check in, what is expected in terms of milestones and progress, how you can be of a resource, uh, making sure that they know what they need to do as next steps. And then also making it really explicit that questions are expected. If you work with people who have a tendency to say, yes, I got it, when actually they don't, then make sure you spend a lot of time there to verify that they understood what you said and that they're asking questions. So be explicit and say that you encourage questions. Say that you want to have a check-in with them next week to answer questions that they have because you're expecting questions. Let them know that this is a learning process, that they should seek out help. Maybe find someone who can do a peer re review because this may take a couple rounds until they got it right. So make sure that your internal expectations are made explicitly. Then everyone is on the same page and you're setting everyone up for success. The last thing here is that you want to make sure that you demonstrate confidence in their ability to perform and to do well. Saying, I know that you got this or I'm trusting you that you will make the right decisions is huge. That will allow them to make the right decisions in a moment that will encourage them to take on ownership that will just boost motive, their motivation to perform and deliver based on the expectations that you set. It's a huge motivator. So communicate your trust in them when you delegate work to others. And here's a quick other tool that I want to share with you that my clients love and I hope you love it too. I call it the one, two, three delegation model. In essence, you're telling the other person when you delegate something, whether this is a level one, a level two, or a level three delegation. A level one delegation is sort of like giving them an Ikea manual, telling them, hey, here's what needs to happen, right? You're building this table and here's step-by-step -step instruction on how to do it. You follow the instructions and you're going to get to the result that I'm expecting. Super simple. This is level one. When you introduce this verbiage to others and you say, hey, would you be willing to help me with this? It's a level one delegation. Then they know, oh, crystal clear, she's going to give me all the different steps or there is a document where this process is documented and I just have to execute it, right? Ikea manual. Level two is a little bit more unclear. So imagine a map and you have a pin at the destination. So let's say this pin is set to New York City. And I know exactly that we want to land in New York City. Now I'm looking at the map and I'm telling you, look, we can either take the train. It'd be scenic and, and relaxing, but it may take a few days. We can take the car, we can take a bus, or we can fly. I'm not sure what the right way is to get there, but here's where we're wanting to go. We want to solve this problem and here is what the solution should look like. Here's what the solution should achieve. So this is a level two. The level three is here is a problem and I have no idea how to fix this, fix this, nor do I know what the right solution is at this point. And the visual that I attach to level three is sort of the Google search interface. You have a problem, go Google. I have no idea what the solution is and I have no idea how to get there. When you introduce this framework and you assign different levels to your delegation, it will help the other person understand what type of delegation this is 
and how much room they have to choose their own path or choose their own solution. So how much authority are you giving them with the delegation of the task? It can be incredibly helpful. So consider if you want to introduce something like that with your team. So let me quickly recap. We talked about what to delegate, how to figure out to whom you want to delegate to, how to prepare to overcome some of the barriers that you might have when it comes to delegation. And then we also talked about how to actually have this conversation with another person when you're delegating work. Now, the last part I want to cover here in this episode is a question that comes up with many of my clients. And that question is, Ramona, how do I hold them accountable? So let's talk about that. So the first thing to keep in mind is something that I've just recently started to embrace. And that is that it's not about holding people accountable. I've been saying for years now, you shouldn't be the one who's checking in with people. You shouldn't be the one who's asking for updates and, and sending out messages to check in. When you delegate responsibility, it should be on the other person to check in with you. That's part of managing a project. It's managing your stakeholders. And when you delegate something, you will become a stakeholder. But I actually never changed the term. I always said holding people accountable. But in fact... We want to move away from thinking that we need to hold people accountable to reframing this to how do I make them be accountable, right? We want them to be accountable so that they're owning the whole process, which includes reporting downwards, sidewards and upwards, uh, which means back to you and managing stakeholders along the way to give them updates and to ask for help and to facilitate conversations and information flow. So when you ask me, how can I hold them accountable? I want to pause and reframe this to say, how can you help them be accountable? There's generally four reasons why people aren't being accountable. Number one is there's a lack of awareness of what is really expected. And hopefully, if you apply all the things that we talked about earlier in this episode around how to have this conversation... And you may even use the level one, two, three approach, then I'm pretty sure that's not going to be the issue. The second one is training. Did they have the training that they needed in order to execute that task? Number three is resources. Did they have the resources they need to deliver what was expected? And that includes time, possibly finances resources in terms of people on the team supporting them, resources such as information and tools, technology possibly. And then the fourth one is accountability. Is it actually an accountability issue? But before you consider it being an accountability issue, make sure that you check off, was it a training issue? Was it a resource issue? Or was it an awareness issue where we weren't aligned or I wasn't being clear or questions weren't asked along the way? And only then let's dive into how to help them be more accountable. And to help them be more accountable, there's one specific thing that you want to make sure that you include in your delegation conversation. And that is that when you ask them to take this on and you have made your expectations explicit then ask them if that sounds okay 
or ask them, are they willing? Are they ready? Are they set up? Do they have what they need to deliver X, Y, Z? Is it an agreement? And get them to say yes. Yes, I got it. Yes, I will deliver at this point in time. Yes, I understand what you require from me and I will do it. Right? Whatever it is that they need to confirm, you want to get them to say yes. And then once that conversation has happened and they did say yes, from that point on, all you're doing is holding them accountable to their word, the word that they've given during the conversation, which was a yes. So you can go back and say, hey, the deadline was Tuesday and today is Thursday and I still don't have the report on my desk. In our conversation two weeks ago, you said yes, that this is doable and yes, that you will deliver it on time and that you have what you need to do it. So what happened? And now the whole conversation around accountability evolves around them having said yes. And so they're breaking their word if they're not delivering. And that opens up a whole other conversation around integrity in the workplace, which will be another episode at some point. But we want to help them be accountable to themselves and the words that they're saying. So if they said yes to you, we want to help them and coach them to be accountable to that word. So yes, ask them what happened. And then resolve that and then start off with a new agreement. Help them understand that when they say yes, that uh, that implies expectations. And if those expectations aren't met, it breaks trust, which impairs the relationship. And there'll be consequences. So get back into making a new agreement. Okay, given all you said and the challenges that you faced, what do you need to do next? How can we prevent them going forward? And then get them to say yes again to whatever you agreed on. Then keep going through that cycle. Next time around, if they're still not delivering, you go back to them having said yes. So you, the hook is the yes and you're holding them accountable to the word that they've given you. And it's clear that sometimes things come and get in the way, right? We can't always protect what the future holds and we may get sick or one of our family members get sick. But then the key is that they will inform you and set up a new agreement with you. So that expectations are always aligned. And that's the part that you need to coach them on so that they will be able to rise in their career, be more effective and more successful. And if they're not willing for it, and they're not jumping on board with this idea, and they continue to not deliver or not show up as an accountable person, then you'll start introducing consequences. You can say, if you can't do this, then not only will this impair my trust in you going forward, but then I have to take you off this project. Or if it escalates further, then maybe this is not the right team. We will have to have a conversation if this role is the right fit for you. Because what I need from everyone in our, on our team is reliability and accountability. And it's not going to work if some of us are and some of us aren't. Let them know the consequences early on and then give them a chance to step up. They choose step up or step out. And that all needs a conversation if someone is really underperforming and is not coachable and doesn't step up in the process. So I hope that this helps you when you're dealing with the issue of accountability on how to 
not hold people accountable, but make them be accountable and how to coach them along the way to improve their performance or to let them go and clarify the consequences early on if that is really needed. So let's zoom back out. So when you do all this and you know what tasks and responsibilities to delegate, you understand to whom to delegate them to, you know how to hold those conversations and then how to hold people accountable, there should really be nothing left in your way to go out and start delegating more often. Like I said in the beginning, this is the number one thing that will help you elevate yourself and your team so that you're growing in your career and your team will grow with you alongside. And even if it takes you two, three, four times the amount of time to delegate work to someone else versus you doing it yourself, if this type of work is repetitive in the long term, it will be way worth it to make that upfront investment. So don't push it out. The best time to start is now. So I hope that you feel inspired to look at your calendar, your schedule, your responsibilities, just taking a step back, reflecting on what are some of the things that I can delegate to free myself up a little bit so that I do have the time to step back, to strategize, to build important partnerships and relationships, to take on more strategic work and then get the ball rolling, delegate with the skills and the knowledge that you've gained through listening to this podcast And go out and put that into action. Now, if you know someone else who's struggling with delegation and you think that this podcast episode would be valuable for them as well, please do share it along. And if you enjoyed it and gained value out of it, please also give it a review because that will help other people who are in other leaders who are in similar shoes find this podcast as well. Now, I so appreciate you and have one more special bonus for you. If you worry that you might be micromanaging or you've heard someone say before that you have a tendency to micromanage, then I have a quick self-assessment for you so you can figure out and see, are you really micromanaging? In which areas are you micromanaging? And what you can do to get rid of it. If that's of interest, then again, send me a quick email at Ramona at RamonaShaw.com subject line micromanager quiz and I'll send that over to you right away. That's it for today and I hope you'll listen in to the next episode when we're going to talk about the changes in leadership pre and post COVID so that you're aware of the different needs and demands on leaders as and when you return from an office environment or in general when the COVID crisis seems to come to an end. I'll talk to you soon. And in the meantime, lead courageously. If you love this show, then you love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.